Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on the YouTube channel, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, welcome. It is Friday, August 4th, and we are officially uh, getting ready to talk about SummerSlam, which is going to be taking place tomorrow. And we had the Friday night go-home show for SmackDown uh, into SummerSlam here tonight. So we got so much to talk about. Today is going to be a lot of fun because not only do we have SmackDown to break, down but we also have uh SummerSlam predictions to go ahead and do so I cannot wait to talk about all of that here today thank you so much for those of you who are here especially on a Friday night uh I think you know it's crazy actually that I always thought that you know for the SmackDown shows the SmackDown shows um it really depends on like what we're talking about, you know, how many people are going to be tuning in on a Friday night post show. And then I thought that it was going to be different for the Saturday night uh, AEW collision show. And turns out that the Saturday shows are doing really freaking well, which is so crazy to me. So I feel like you could never really predict like what you're going to get for each one of these shows. But anyways, uh, I cannot wait to talk about this show here today. Uh, we got a lot of great comments already here. Uh, we got Heather who said, Denise, I love your shirt. Thank you. Uh, it's the Fight Owens Fight t-shirt. That's as much as I can raise it for you guys. Um, this is kind of, I've had this shirt for a while now. Um, I sometimes use it as a pajama at this point. And so, and so and that's the thing about wrestling t-shirts, guys. They double as like, you can wear them for like whatever throughout the day. Clearly, I wear them on the podcast, but they also work as pajamas. All right. I don't care what anyone says. All right, I, I wear them all day. I wear them all day because they work out a whole lot. But there's so much to get into. Um, also, just a heads up, guys, if you want to help support this podcast, give it some love, get some questions, comments, statements right here on the stream, you're more than welcome to send in a super chat. And they do help us out a whole lot. Well, help me out a whole lot. Um, we actually got a couple uh, super chats already. This is from Stephen Marchulli, who says, another member of the NOI family debuts to help Roman win tomorrow. And this is a prediction from Stephen Marchulli. And we're going to talk about that because... Um, with Paul Heyman and the video that he showed here tonight, I feel like he basically dropped a bunch of hits, hints. Also, Jey Uso dropped a couple of hints that we may be seeing a lot of the family members tomorrow at SummerSlam. At least it kind of feels like we're heading that direction. But uh, Stephen, thank you so much for sending us our first and first super chat of the evening we actually got another one here from Juju. Uh, thank you so much to Juju for sending in the super chat. Juju says. Since Cora Jade departed from NXT, it'd be cool to see her debut on main roster by helping EO Sky to successfully cash in her briefcase as an initiation to be part of damage control. Well, see, that's interesting. So we still don't know what's going on with Cora Jade, uh, whether or not, you know, she's really heading off to the main roster or if this is just part of her NXT storyline uh, that still has not been made totally clear just yet. Uh, however, I can't really see her doing somebody a favor like that in terms of helping somebody out right now to I know what you mean by doing it as an initiation that would be kind of cool but I almost feel like damage control is pretty much on its last legs already like we got even more teases today that Bailey and EO are definitely I mean if the teases you already got before weren't enough it's pretty crystal clear that Bailey and EO really aren't necessarily seeing each eye to eye with one another so I feel like I don't know um if, but that would be a cool idea though but I don't know if I necessarily see it 
um, based on just a lot of what's going on in terms of there's still a lot of questions surrounding Cora Jade and then also whether or not she would go to the main roster. And if she did, would she be doing a storyline like that one? But I do like the creativity that you've got going on, Juju. So thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, we got another one here from Daniel uh, Mullinex. Uh, Daniel, I'm so sorry. I can already tell I messed up her last name. So my apologies already. But Daniel says, Jay Uso for the win tomorrow night plus in late September. I'm going to the AEW collision um, when they come back to my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, dude. Based on like the episodes of Collision that we've gotten so far, I can tell you already you're going to have a good time, man. Uh, Collision has been definitely knocking it out of the uh, ballpark. And on top of that, they've kind of set a uh, precedent that if you go, you're going to be seeing some really good wrestling matches. I mean, given that freaking one-hour match that we got with FTR and Bullet Club Gold, and then also some of the... um, Recent matches that we just saw in last week's collision. I mean, they're pretty much setting a good precedent for what to expect from their shows. Steven sends in. Oh, so by the way, Daniel, I hope you have an awesome time at AW Collision. I think you will. Um, Darf Steven says my my contribution to the Taylor Swift recovery fund. You know, it's funny. A lot of people online assume that I spent an arm and a leg on Taylor Swift concerts. And let me tell you guys, if you if you are buying face value for the tickets, you get what you paid for. Okay, unless you're buying from scalpers, if you're buying from scalpers and you're spending a shit ton of money, that's on you guys. Um, But if you're buying face value, it's pretty much like the ticket prices of like a wrestling show or, um, you know, any other concert. Maybe it's slightly a little bit higher because it's Taylor Swift, of course. But for the most part, like the tickets are like are not ridiculously insane prices if you're getting them at face value. Um, The hard part is, though, that because there is such a huge demand and because the scalpers and Ticketmaster pretty much allowed them to screw all the Swifties, that's where the issue comes in. And then that's where all these people are selling tickets for like thousands of dollars. I would never buy from a scalper. I'd much rather not go to a show than give my money and more than what the price of the ticket is to a scalper. I absolutely refuse. Um, but anyways, I had a really good time at the concert yesterday. It was officially my 11th time seeing Taylor Swift live. So uh, I had a really, really good time. Uh, uh, Blanca um, uh, Blanca Amador sends in a super sticker. Of, sorry, Blanca, yes. I was trying to check. I'm like, wait, is it Bianca or is it Blanca? I second guessed myself. Uh, Blanca, thank you so much for the super sticker. I really appreciate you sending this in and I'm sending you over some great karma. Thank you so much for that. Seriously. Um, Heidi Ho says, all of us want Jay to win. All of us know it has a snowball's chance in hell of happening. Roman wins. Here's the thing. Now, I know Heidi Ho and also... Uh, Heidi Ho is one of them and Daniel who sent in super chats also want Jay to win but I'm at the point right now where I still don't actually think it's going to happen guys now I will get into my official predictions in just a second but I'm still at the point where I truly believe that Roman Reigns is winning and I mentioned this on Busted Open last week on Saturday but I think the real reason why is because I feel differently heading into this match with Roman and Jey Uso than I did to some of the other Roman's matches. So when we saw when we saw Roman and Sami Zayn and Montreal at Elimination Chamber, I thought, you know what? Maybe there's a big possibility that's going to happen for Sami Zayn, right? Not necessarily because I knew that they were going to want to have Roman Reigns 
you know, go up against clearly against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. So I'm like, okay, I was maybe thinking, you know, maybe 50, 60% shot that Sammy might win, right? That's kind of where I was at during that time. And then clearly didn't happen. But then when we went into Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, my thought prediction there was, dude, I was 99. I was not even 99.9%. I was 150,000% sure that Cody was winning. And I was wrong, clearly. But here's the thing, though. When I compare how I felt going into this match with Cody and with Sami Zayn, the percentages were a lot higher. Going into this match with Jey Uso, I feel like the percentage of what I actually think of him actually winning, it's a lot lower. I'm going to say maybe like, because you never know what's going to happen in wrestling. You can't really say 100%. Clearly, I learned that lesson. But I just, given everything that we've seen, and given everything that I still think there is to do for Roman and maybe some other stories that they can be telling, I am kind of feeling like there's a 5 to 10% chance that Jey Uso is going to win. And when you compare that to like the chances of Sammy and Cody as one of the recent examples, really, I, I feel like it's very, very slim. Which is going to be crazy because if he actually does, I'm going to be like, wait, what the hell? This completely felt polar opposite. But I just feel like now at this point... I feel at this point, I, I think Roman Reigns should defeat Jey Uso. That's where I'm at right now. Unless I change my mind in the next hour. That's how I feel. Um, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you a whole lot. Uh, Aaron Garcia says, did you realize that the show Taylor was hugging Kobe's daughter? So much respect to Taylor. So Aaron, at the actual show, no, I had no idea that that was Kobe's daughter. Um, because, you know, they didn't actually make like an announcement or anything like that, like during the show. So you're watching it, you know you're watching it happen and I looked at the screen so I can kind of you know look a little closer to see who she you know who she chose right because for the most part the people that had been chosen to get the 22 hat from Taylor were like you know fans that were selected at every show so I had no idea it was Kobe's daughter um until until afterwards when I saw it on the news that night when I got home and let me tell you guys holy smokes man it was so crazy at SoFi Stadium yesterday it was one of the crazy I have never been in a venue where it got that loud uh, for the whole three and a half hours. And then on top of that, I got home until like past 2 a.m. Because it took a hell of a long time to get out of SoFi. Oh, my God. I was just stuck there for ever so that was kind of a pain but everything else was wonderful um but yeah it wasn't until i saw the news that it was kobe's daughter i knew vanessa bryant was there because she had posted that she was going to be at the show um you know in advance so i knew vanessa bryant was there and there were so many actresses that were there uh there's a lot of celebrities that were definitely there and again you don't see that until you're like following it on social media and whatnot uh, i'm definitely not sitting in the sections with the celebrities <laughs> um but aaron uh, thank you so much for the super chat though. i appreciate you uh sheldon jackson says hope you enjoyed your little taylor swift concert last night bestie because business is booming more specifically the hurt business hopefully triple h will let them cook and be a faction for a while if he does not let them cook dude that would be dropping the ball because people are excited about this people are excited about the possibility of well not no longer a possibility because after what we saw here today we are definitely getting something going with bobby lashley and the street profits and i mean it was already made clear 
with the teases that they had done the last couple of weeks, but you couldn't totally say anything until you actually saw them pretty much all come together. Uh, so I'm so excited to talk about that. Sheldon Jackson, thank you so much for the generous super chat. Uh, always appreciate you coming on here. Rafael Garcia, thank you so much to Rafael who says, IDK if it's just me, but it feels like the women's title feels feels like a Bianca Charlotte feud that they threw Asuka into as a side character. Raphael, I have been saying this now for maybe the last uh, two weeks on here, and that is definitely true. It feels like the main dish here is Bianca and Charlotte, and they got Asuka on the side as mashed potatoes, man. Now, I love mashed potatoes, but let's be real. We'd be focusing on the main entree of the plate, and so that's kind of been unfortunate to do that to Asuka because going into a championship match, there's no Nothing more exciting than going into a championship match with a dominant AF champion where you're wondering, oh man, like this challenger is great, but can they really defeat the champion? Let's talk a perfect example, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Jey Uso, yes, he's great. We love Jey Uso, but can he actually defeat Roman Reigns given how dominant Roman Reigns has been? You see the difference. Like going into Roman and Jay, you have this feeling of like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I really got no idea anything can happen here. But with but with this triple threat match, it's like, yeah, we're we all know that the focus is Bianca and Charlotte. We love Asuka, but they haven't they have making her feel like the you know, the freaking, I don't know. They are making her feel like Cinderella in freaking Cinderella's. And that's a terrible analogy because then that would mean that Charlotte and Bianca would be the two evil stepsisters. That's not a good example. The point is she's the odd man out in this, the odd woman out in this. Y'all know what I'm trying to say here. And that sucks. That should not be the case for the champion. They should not be doing that to Asuka um, whatsoever. So yeah, I feel you um, on that. And I do not think you're wrong in this argument whatsoever, Raphael. So thank you so much for that super chat. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, Katie Crawford says the side piece. There you go. They're making her feel like the side piece. Nobody wants to be the side piece, all right? Let's be real. Nobody wants that. All right, let's get into this, guys. I'm going to kick things off with, um, so the way that I'm going to format today's uh, show is that I'm going to go through the uh, SummerSlam matches, make predictions, and also weave in what happened with that given match uh, for SummerSlam, whatever happened on today's show with SmackDown. So I think that'll be the easiest way to kind of get through everything. So, I want to go ahead and kick things off with the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. So today we had LA Knight kick off the show, which I thought was pretty interesting, guys. You know, somebody's kicking off, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, it, it kind of changes things a little bit. We all know the narrative around what's going on with LA Knight, which is that he's over with the people, yet he's still not getting his proper due, his proper moment, his proper, I guess you can say, spot in the card, according to the people's reactions, okay? So... LA Knight pretty much goes out there and he's talking about the 25 man battle royal. And during this, they show a graphic. In the graphic, they don't show all 25 men. They show LA Knight, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, Karrion Cross, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Santos Escobar, Grayson Waller, and The Miz. So they just show a couple of these guys. And it's crazy because these are all guys that are so freaking good. You know, you got Matt Riddle out there, Santos Escobar, you know, all these guys, Sheamus, all these people that you would think would be in a match at SummerSlam and they're in a battle royal. Now, 
battle royals i'm not necessarily a fan of okay usually for me battle royals do not get good until you're in the final six final four uh members of the actual the finalists of the battle royal so for me i always feel like the battle royal feels like a little bit of a step down like if you're in that match it's like oh it's not really that big of a deal you know so that kind of sucks a little bit for you know all these guys but i think for the most part i hope that they make a nice entertaining um battle royal now he goes out there la night today and he's talking his shit and he's burying all the other guys making fun of them and throwing in his yeah uh after every single sentence and so um after this this pretty much led into the actual match of la night versus sheamus which had been promoted since last week and so both guys are already in the battle royal and they have all the other guys out there pretty much almost like lumberjacks. And this all ends with the guys going out there and they end up brawling on the outside because they're all going to be opponents. And then as for the actual matchup here, uh, we end up seeing interference a little bit by the Miz. So we see him get Sheamus chops the Miz with a bunch of uh, he gets him with a bunch of chops. And so that kind of allows for a little bit of a distraction there. And so LA Knight then goes in and gets Sheamus with a uh, stunner and gets the win in this match. So I did think that finally they gave Shane, uh, LA Knight some sort of big victory here uh, heading into the show. Like this kind of feels like LA Knight's biggest victory thus far, honestly, because I'm trying to think of another one that I considered bigger and it's not popping up in my head right now. But LA Knight uh, finally getting some sort of win. And even then, it wasn't necessarily like a, it was a big win because of the opponent, because Sheamus is the freaking man. That was one of my criticisms last week is when we had LA Knight get a win over Ashanti the Adonis. Ashanti the Adonis and Hit Row are not necessarily anywhere near the top of the roster. And so for me, that victory didn't necessarily mean anything. It was just like, of course, LA Knight should be winning that. What the hell else are they going to do? So he ends up getting this win over Sheamus. And so to me, this one kind of felt like the biggest win, even though there was some interference and all of the outside shenanigans that occurred, it still was something that felt like pretty huge for Ellie Knight to actually happen. So I was a big, uh, I liked where they were going. I wasn't a big fan of this, but I still thought that everything that played out smoothly. So with that being said, I feel like I would be shocked if they couldn't at least give LA Knight this win at the Battle Royal, I feel like at this point they have set him up so much where there's so many times people thought he was going to win the Money in the Bank. It didn't happen. I thought and a lot of people thought that he was going to win the United States Invitational. It didn't happen. Now the Battle Royal gets the least of like Money in the Bank. You get the Money in the Bank briefcase. The United States Invitational, you got the, um, you know, the match with Austin Theory. As of right now, I don't know what you get with the Battle Royal. What, you get Slim Jim? <laughs> you get Slim Jim? I don't know. Um, but the point is that I feel like they can definitely give LA Knight this win at the Battle Royal so he can at least have some claim to fame and be like, yo, I won the freaking Battle Royal. Slim Jim for life. Yeah. Um, what? I feel like they could at least spare LA Knight this victory. So my prediction is LA Knight. Uh, although there are a lot of other options because you got guys in here like AJ Styles, you got Matt Riddle, you got Santos Escobar. Hell, you know what? I could also see them giving it. Oh my God, I think people would be so irritated, but I can actually see them giving this to Karrion Cross 
And the reason I say that is because ain't nothing going on right now with Karrion Cross. And I feel like in their eyes, they might be like, you know what, let's give this win to Karrion Cross. So all of a sudden he can be, you know, got something to talk about on SmackDown, got something going for him, you know? Oh man, that would be crazy if they did that. But anyways, official pick is LA Knight. But WWE likes to surprise us. They like to do some stuff that sometimes we're just like, we should have seen it coming. So the the I could see a situation where they do that, but who knows? Anyways, that's the official pick. There is one thing that I wanted to talk about, though, um, in regards to LA Knight versus Sheamus. So one of the things that I found interesting in the news cycle, and there's a lot of interesting things going on right now in the wrestling news cycle, but one of those is, Seamus had an interview with the Daily Star. And in this interview, he was talking about how he felt that WWE uh, didn't fully capitalize on his momentum and his organic momentum that he had gotten coming off of the uh, match with Gunther at Clash at the Castle. And I was reading some of the quotes that came out of this interview. And I was thinking to myself, of course, He's freaking right. Like he was talking about him. He was saying like, clearly he wasn't upset, you know, losing that match or anything like that. Like he was upset that there was no creative for him immediately after that. He said, um, I came out of that with so much organic momentum and it was just wasted. It didn't go anywhere. It was just a dead end, just like with WrestleMania. Drew went away because he was injured, but I was ready to go and then just nothing. There was no avenues and nowhere to go. And that's frustrating. And it's true we were kind of seeing Seamus have this like revitalization of his freaking like career here on SmackDown. And it really felt like all of a sudden we we're excited about Seamus again, right? Like I think people have always liked Seamus, but uh, there was just something in the air for him. And that freaking triple threat match that we got at WrestleMania was one of the best matches. So many can argue that that was one of the best matches that you saw um, coming out of WrestleMania 39. And so I do agree that, you know, there should have been more to capitalize from that momentum that Sheamus got. Um, and I was very, very interested and intrigued with the things that he had to say in that interview. So I thought that was definitely something uh, to mention here today. Um, all right. And we actually got a couple of people. This is from Tiger Claw Gaming, who's a YouTube member here, says um, my pick for this match is actually Sheamus. We got Steven here who says um, either Ellie Knight wins or his last one is thrown out by Cross to get him some heat. Oh my God. So it kind of, I feel you, Steven, like you guys are, you guys can actually see this happening for Karen Cross. I don't know. Uh, we got um, Farah uh, Corleone who says they dropped the ball majorly with Karen Cross. I don't know. I can't necessarily say this. I can't necessarily say that they dropped the ball with Karen Cross because I feel like Karen Cross was given some good stuff. Like one of the first feuds that he got was the Drew McIntyre thing. Uh, I feel like this is more so along the lines of you, you know, it's either sink or swim type situation. And I don't necessarily think that we, we got Karen Cross swimming in. Uh, he was feuding with Drew McIntyre. Then went into a feud with Rey Mysterio. Then went into a feud with AJ Styles. Do you know how many guys would probably kill, like guys that are trying to up and come and build a name for themselves would kill to have feuds with these three guys, Drew, Ray, AJ. I feel like at some point, at some point, you got to be like, ooh, where's, where's, what's, what's the common factor of what continues to not go well? So that's kind of unfortunate, you know, but hopefully 
uh, he finds what works for him. And because there's like no reason for a feud with Drew, AJ, and Ray to all be essentially stinkers, right? So I hope that, so I can't necessarily say that they dropped the ball, you know? It's kind of how I feel, but hey. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. And um, let's see what people are saying. But anyways, I could see it happening. There was somebody here who had a pretty good, or someone here that had a prediction that I wanted to read and I lost it, but there was someone, ah, here we go, Steven. As Steven says, Braun for a surprise for the Battle Royal, perhaps. Um, I don't know what's going on with Braun Strowman. I feel like I forgot about Braun Strowman, to be honest. Right now, when you brought him up, I was like, oh yeah, Braun Strowman. He popped, he popped up on my time on my Twitter feed like uh earlier today. I forgot why he popped up on my Twitter feed, but he did. And and then you brought him up here right now. So I don't know, maybe something's telling us to expect Braun Strowman or something. The universe is trying to tell us, expect Braun Strowman. I don't know, guys. But I feel like there's no reason why they couldn't give this one to LA Knight. Um, ah, there you go. Ah, okay, everyone's bringing up that Braun's injured. Okay, see, didn't even remember that. So anyways, let's move on from here. And let's get into, um, after this, by the way, we did get the OC and Doc. We got Doc Ellis and Carl Anderson of the OC versus Butch and Ridge Holland. And this is the big thing that we need to talk about. Not necessarily this match, but because nothing really happened in this match, like the match per itself per se, nothing really happened. What did happen, though, was that coming in and attacking both teams, attacking the OC and also um, the Brawling Brutes was none other than the street profits and this was great because so a couple of weeks ago we got the street profits getting into a car into a limo with bobby lashley then last week we got a backstage segment where bobby lashley was basically telling montez ford that you know he dresses great right but that angela dawkins not so much, right? So then he brings out these suits and they do kind of, they tease a little bit of a makeover uh, and also, you know, some bonding, some nice male bonding there with fashion. So <laughs> they look really great, man. But anyways, so, they're all stylish. Even Angela Dawkins, man. I felt bad that they were shitting on his clothes, man. He's the most regular. Uh, he's probably the guy out of those three that I would say that the majority of guys that would probably relate to, you guys would probably relate to Angelo Dawkins. Tell me if I'm lying here. Tell me if I'm lying in the chat. If you're a dude, tell me, do you most... Fashion-wise, relate to Montez Ford, Bobby Lashley, or Angela Dawkins. I would be shocked if Angela Dawkins is not the name that I'm seeing here in this chat. I'm going to give it a second for them comments to come on here. And I do want to bring up Yes Boy's comment because I was about to mention this. Is Michael Cole popped me because he was like, Dawkins is wearing a suit. But the way that he said it was like if this was breaking freaking news, like if he was some freaking sloth who dressed in freaking potato sacks every week and all of a sudden it's like he's in a suit and oh my God, this is massive. The man is in a suit. I thought that was really hilarious. Like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Anyways, Michael Cole, that was an awesome little, he's wearing a suit. Okay. So, I just want to prove a point here. Dawkins, Dawkins, Dawkins. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, what else did we get here? Dawkins. See, I told you guys. Dawkins all right there. 
Uh, Heidi Hill, by the way, sends in the super chat saying, hey, I enjoy my life of being a side piece. Heidi Hill, you make me laugh. You make me laugh here. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat, by the way. Um, all right, so, okay, we got a couple of, okay, here's the thing, like Montez's style, it is fire. That's not the, that's not what I'm trying to say here. The point that I'm trying to make is that most people are going to relate to Dawkins. You see what I mean here? You guys are mostly going to relate to Dawkins. Um, but anyways, lost the point of what I was trying to make here. All right. So Dawkins is wearing a suit, everybody. That's the big breaking news. Just kidding. There's more. Um, so so uh, they, they beat down Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Butch, Ridge Holland, and they're looking fine. They're looking great. They got the stylish clothes. They're looking phenomenal. And then they go up to the stage area and Bobby Lashley meets with them and they all, you know, do the little thing where they fix their suit and they smile and it's pretty much made crystal clear that yes, we are going to be seeing Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits align with one another. And I could not be more excited about this. And I want to tie this in into what can be done here. Creatively, I feel like there's so much that can be done here. I mentioned a while ago, WrestleMania season, I talked to Bobby Lashley. He said he wanted to see, you know, the Hurt Business come about again. He wanted to work with the Bloodline. Now, unfortunately, the Bloodline is pretty much in shambles right now. But you could definitely, after, you know, they finish off whatever they're doing with the bloodline, you can definitely do some stuff with Street Profits, Bobby Lashley, and, you know, maybe the Usos, or, hello, the Brawling Brutes, they are on there. I feel like there's a lot of different things that they can do here, and it would be so, oh, the LWO, there's another one, um, the, the OC, there's another group. I feel like there's so much that can be done here, and just, um, it feels good. It feels good because people like all of these guys and the street profits. I mentioned before that people love the street profits, right? Everybody here is a fan of the street profits, but it got to the point though, where we weren't getting anything new from the street profits, everything that they gave to us fun, entertaining, but it was the same exact thing over and over. There wasn't anything new or different, fresh, from the actual act itself. So I feel like this is it. Like this finally feels like something fresh and a new real story that can be done with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. So I'm excited about this, guys, and I'm excited about the possibilities here. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, does Shotzi even have a tank license? LMAO, I love Wade on commentary. Um, Wade had a funny line. Um, was actually when Shotzi... When Shotzi came out and she did her whole bit, which we'll talk about in a second, but Wade, Wade was like, I didn't even like her green hair. It was terrible. I thought that was pretty funny. Anyways, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the super chat. I am Torch says, um, the profits look so good, especially Montez. Wow, he does. By the way, guys, on this channel, I have an interview with Montez Ford from I think like two years ago, but it's freaking hilarious because Montez Ford and I showed up wearing the exact same thing. I shit you not. I shit you not, guys. Please. <laughs> we both showed up in the exact same outfit, except that he's got the like the, the one that's clearly cost a bunch of money, and I got like the $20 version from Forever 21. But you need to see it because it was so funny because we both popped in to the actual stream, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're wearing the same thing. And he was like, yeah. And so it's really, really funny. But anyways, uh, he does look good. Uh, check out that interview, even if it's just for that little piece of 
um, us dressing like twins. Uh, <laughs> and it's so freaking random too, guys. It's not like if we both showed up in a white t-shirt. A white t-shirt is pretty basic, right? It's not like we both showed up in a black shirt, okay? Basic again. No, it was something different. It was a blue turtleneck and we both showed up wearing the a very, very similar blue turtleneck. But anyways, he wore it like a million bucks. I wore it like $10. So <laughs> anyways, um, we have a question here that I wanted to read from Zeno Hour who says, Denise, should Bianca join this new faction? Yes, yes, and freaking hell yes. Uh, I would love to see Bianca join up this faction. So a while ago, we were all thinking like, oh yeah, Bianca Belair is going to turn heel. And then it basically came out that she doesn't necessarily want to turn heel because of all of the work that she does with children. And she you know, much, much, would much rather be a baby face, right? I do feel like if she were to join the bloodline, I mean, sorry, not the bloodline, Um, excuse me. Uh, if she were to join with the Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, that it would give her, it would give her character that new thing that we've all sort of been waiting for. Because it's the same thing with Bianca, right? Like we love Bianca. In ring, she's a freaking star. Like she is currently, my favorite female wrestler is Bianca Belair. My current favorite female wrestler is Bianca Belair because she Guys, you've seen her matches. I don't need to tell you. You've seen her matches. She's freaking great. But a lot of people have sort of been feeling like maybe everything around the act has kind of gotten just a little bit, you know, predictable. We know when she, we know when she goes out there and she cuts a promo. We know what she's going to say. Uh, we can pretty much already guess her next steps, her next moves. We're always two steps ahead. And that's not necessarily a great thing, right? You kind of want that person to the the person you're the performer that you're seeing on stage be two steps ahead. So I personally think that she would benefit a whole lot from linking up with them and, you know, just adding to her act overall and us getting something new. Uh, RS sends in a very generous super chat. I want to thank you so much to RS for sending this in. Uh, RS says, Denise, what's the thoughts on this Twitter uproar about Trish, Becky, and Rhea being cut from SummerSlam? Is it just a few people on Twitter trying to stir it up? Or would you have added taking another match away? Fab work. RS, this is a really great question. And I want to tell you, at first, when you started saying like this Twitter uproar, I'm like, oh man, which one is he going with? Which Twitter uproar? There's so many. I logged on to Twitter today, guys. And I... It was like that meme where the person walks in with the freaking pizza and everything's on fire. <laughs> That's literally what I walked into on Twitter because I wasn't on Twitter all day yesterday. I only went on to uh, pick the winners for the giveaway uh, to tweet like three times about my Taylor Swift concert. And then that was it. I was not online at all. So uh, and then I woke up really late today so because of the Taylor Swift concert. So when I logged in, I'm like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> Anyways, but so. Rhea, I'll start off with Rhea. Rhea, 100,000% should have definitely been on the SummerSlam card. I don't even care if they would have given her like a throwaway match with just her and somebody else. But I feel like Rhea Ripley is one of your biggest stars in WWE. And I just can't see why you wouldn't have her or aim to at least have her wrestle on the show. To me, we all know SummerSlam is supposed to be, you know, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. It's supposed to be a massive pay-per-view. On those massive pay-per-views, you want to see your big stars. You want to see your big stars. So for me, it does feel weird not having Rhea Ripley on there. Now, with Trish and Becky, that's one that it's – and same thing with Becky. 
Becky, you can make the same exact copy and paste everything that I said about Rhea and add it to Becky because Becky's also, you know, up there um, with just, you know, your top stars in WWE. Now, her and Trish Stratus, they have been telling this story now for, for months. This has been something that they've been building for months. So there's a lot there that felt like it would be this match. This match would happen at SummerSlam, and it's not. Now, um, on the Raw post show, uh, Sean mentioned something about how, you know, there was probably, like, you know, a reason for that. And they announced it, I think, for two weeks, if I remember correctly, after Raw or the week after Raw. I forget which one it was. But, um, yeah, it does suck. But the way that I see it is if they have a reason for this, then I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, why didn't they do it? Or anything like that, right? So I'm not necessarily, like, crazy about – I'm not necessarily, like, upset about any of this, but it does suck. It does suck. But here's the thing, though. I'm looking at this card, and if you were to tell me, like, would you take out a match from this card? Honestly, and I know people would get upset, probably the only thing that I would probably take out is the Battle Royal. Like, but then again, it's like, clearly they're using that for something, okay? But it's like, okay, fine. If we look at this card, what match haven't we, which match... We've seen Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar a whole lot, but let's be real. That's your, you know, your top, you're one of your top matches. You're not going to take that off. Like, there's a story here. Like, there's a reason we're getting this match. So you're definitely not taking that off. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Now, we have seen this a couple of times too. But they've still been building it. They've still been adding a lot more to the story. Am I necessarily over the moon being like, oh my God, yay, we're going to see Seth Rollins and Finn Balor again? Not necessarily, but I understand why it's on the card. You're, you got your World's Heavyweight Championship. You can't not, not have Seth Rollins on the card. And they have added and done a lot more. But do we need to necessarily, again, see this match? Maybe not so much. But again, that's not something you take out either. Women's Championship match, there's doing a lot with that there. Ricochet and Logan Paul, it's like they're Logan Paul is going to get that mainstream attention. So you, it, there's a reason to keep all of these matches here on this card. Um, and you know that Cody Brock is going to get a good amount of time. Seth Finn should probably get a good amount of time. It usually does. The women's triple threat match, I hope, would get a good amount of time. Uh, Roman and Jey Uso, I'm pretty sure, is going to get the most amount of time. Uh, Ricochet, Logan Paul, I'm not expecting to go that long. The Intercontinental Championship match, that one they'll probably give like you know a decent amount of time to. Same thing with Ronda and Shayna. So I feel like all of these matches could have are looking like they're going to need some time there. So it's hard to say. But you know what? They got a ton of other shows coming up, but it does suck. Um, anyways, thank you so much to RS, and I hope I somewhat announced uh, answered your question. Uh, RS, I appreciate you a whole lot for sending in this very generous super chat, by the way. Um, all right, so let me see what else we got here. We got another super chat here from Johnny who says, uh, who would you put in war games this year? I feel like it's still too early for me to say, but damn, if they were to build up something with like Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, that would be freaking awesome. Clearly the bloodline is no more. That's not 
that's not, you know, they're pretty much coming undone. I mean, who knows what's going to happen at SummerSlam, but I'm not expecting them to all hug and kiss and make up. That's definitely not what I'm expecting. So I still don't know who I would necessarily go with for war games this year. Uh, if anybody else has some good ideas, please drop them in the comment section. Um, I'd appreciate that a whole lot. Johnny, thank you so much for the super chat. I'm sorry I didn't have a way better answer for you on that one there. Um, okay, so let's see what we got here. Um, let's see. M. Durant says that Roman match is going to be 45 minutes and 20 of minutes of those is going to be the actual entrance. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, let's go ahead and press on from here and let's get into the stuff with the bloodline, guys. So we ended up getting... um. Honestly, the big thing out of this that we got today was Paul Heyman going out there and basically saying that Roman Reigns is going to be very cognizant, very aware of his actions and the things that he's planning on doing at SummerSlam. He says that he's going to have no remorse and no plea for absolution uh, whatsoever. So really hyping up the violence uh, in this match. And then Jey Uso comes out. Oh, wait, sorry. Before that. Paul Heyman tosses to a video package. And this video package was interesting because um, it was, you know, talking about the ceremonial uh, necklace. And we see comments from like the Wild Samoans. We see even a shot of um, The Rock. So we did get to see a lot of little bits here that made me made you think going, hmm, so are we actually going to see some family members at SummerSlam? Like, are we actually going to get this? Like, it feels like this has been a topic that we've been talking about so much. But I think based on what we got here today, I would say that it feels like a safe bet. But then again, nothing's a safe bet. So, um, all right. Um, Jey Uso finally comes out and he tells, Rome, uh, he tells Paul Heyman that he's going to get Roman with a chair. And because he is the head of the table, that he's going to put him through a table. And then he goes on and says that he's going to bring all of the passion. He's going to bring the spirit of his ancestors. He's going to bring his family. He says he's going to bring his family and ancestors and all of that tomorrow. So he's really doing it, bringing it all. And finally, we get Solo out there and uh, Jey Uso super kicks Solo. But later on in the evening... For the main event, we do get Jey Uso versus Solo Sokoa. And the big thing coming out of this particular match was that Jey Uso defeated Solo Sokoa with his splash and with Roman Reigns' spear. Now, he just did that last week, too, when he defeated Grayson Waller. He defeated him in the exact same manner with Roman Reigns watching. So um, it definitely feels like something they're going to tease tomorrow. So if tomorrow, the moment that we get the splash, the spear, the splash, uh, expect it to be like a big, big tease in the match. So that's pretty much what I'm expecting there. But overall, I think they did a really good job of just getting Jey Uso to... I don't know, show the people that he's hyped that this is going to be a big thing, that this is going to be the biggest deal ever. Um, but then again, when it comes to my prediction, guys, I might as well just give it to you guys now. As I said it earlier, I'm definitely expecting Roman Reigns to win this tribal combat match. I wouldn't be mad if Jey Uso won. I would not be mad if Jey Uso won because Jey Uso has been working so freaking hard throughout this entire story. It would come full circle. But I think at this point, I'm still expecting to see Roman Reigns get the victory. I'm expecting to go into WrestleMania 40 with Roman Reigns as the champion. Like I would be shocked if we got to Roman Reigns 
at WrestleMania 40 and he wasn't champion. So I think because of that, uh, I'm not sold on Jey Uso actually being the one to defeat Roman Reigns. Now, I'm going to be really I'm going to be really upset with myself if I made the wrong prediction here, but I'm sticking with Roman Reigns for this one, guys. I'm sticking with Roman. I'm sticking with Roman here. And I haven't seen anybody here on the chat that has actually thought that it might be Jey Uso. It feels like everybody is kind of expecting uh, Roman Reigns. Ender Buckley says it wouldn't be a surprise, but a welcome one. I think so too. I think people would be like, holy shit, he freaking did it. I think if Jey Uso were to actually defeat Roman Reigns, I think people would be like, respect. But then there are going to be people that are going to be pissed off. People are going to be like, this is what they this is what they waited for. They could have done it at WrestleMania. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get both sides of those arguments, guys. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. So no matter what, people are going to be upset. It's how it always is. But um, yeah, I'm definitely expecting Roman Reigns to win this one. Uh, Hunter Tillman. Hunter Tillman's in the house. Roman says, oh, wait, sorry. Hunter Tillman says, Roman retaining 100%. Hey, Hunter, the last time we 100%ed this thing, it didn't actually work out that way. The last time I sat here and I freaking said that I was going to, that it, I freaking said like, oh yeah, I'm going to riot if Cody Rhodes doesn't win. And then he didn't win. And I didn't riot. I didn't do nothing. I just sit, I just stood there and was like, holy shit, WWE didn't do it. And I was 100,000% sure that Cody was going to win doesn't work anymore we can't 100 say anything <laughs> hunter tillman out here risking it all risking it all <laughs> hunter tillman says my jaw will drop through the floor if jay wins uh heidi ho says jay is gonna look great there will be shenanigans roman will win there's still not anybody that's really sane um okay d money a cash says my heart says main event jay though there's not that many people here that i'm seeing say that they feel jay so is actually gonna win Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and press on from here. Uh, we got so much more to talk about. Uh, Austin Fury and Cameron Grimes have a match against one another. And prior to this actual matchup, Cameron Grimes, Austin Fury says that he is going to dedicate his victory uh, of his defeat over Santos to Rey Mysterio. Uh, and we finally get this match here. And this really leads to... This is just Austin Theory getting a win. He hits the A-Town down, wins the match. The thing that I want to talk about here is how are we feeling about Cameron Grimes on the main roster thus far? Because I feel, based on what we've seen, that they have not yet shown the exuberant personality and the firecracker in-ring style that Cameron Grimes has. I feel like if the fans that never saw Cameron Grimes on NXT are seeing him right now on SmackDown, you're not getting not even 0.001% of the Cameron Grimes that we were getting on NXT. And that bums me out because Cameron Grimes got, you know, this to the moon catchphrase over. He got, you know, when he was doing the... um when he was doing the whole thing where he had, where he was rich and he had won this money in stocks and, or was it stocks or it was a Bitcoin or something like that. Um, and he was talking about how he was a millionaire and all of the, everything that he was doing with that. Like that was so much fun. All of his matches on NXT were so freaking good. Like that man did not have one bad match on NXT. He's a 
firecracker in the ring, guys. Like, really straight fire for Cameron Grimes. Lots of personality. And we're not getting any of that here on SmackDown. And that bums me out because I, I want, I'm ready to root for Cameron Grimes because, like, I'm ready to see them uh, really go for it with Grimes and have fun with him on the show and have him be, you know, that guy that everybody's excited to watch each and every single week. I really hope that coming off of SummerSlam, that uh, out of SummerSlam season, that they finally, you know, put some real creative, put some real thought behind Cameron Grimes. Because right now, if you didn't see Right now, there's probably someone here that did not see Cameron Grimes on NXT and has no idea what I'm talking about. And that sucks because there's a lot of good stuff there that I think we should be seeing from Cameron Grimes. So if you haven't seen Cameron Grimes before, you just seen him what you're seeing right now on the roster. There's still so much more there uh, to be seen, honestly, but we'll see. Um, all right. And let's see what else we got here. Um, Shelton Jackson sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Shelton once again, who says, um, can we just blow past Austin Theory? He's done absolutely nothing with the U.S. title. The U.S. title has gone down in prestige to me with his mess champ. Uh, that title needs to be elevated again. I feel really bad because I'm a fan of Austin Theory. I want Austin Theory to... Um, I want to see Austin Theory reach his you know, full potential and all of that good stuff. But um, with that being said, the U.S. title has not been feeling necessarily important at all. People, I think, are more so curious about who the next champion is going to be. And quite frankly, like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even care who the champion is. I just want to care about the champion. Whoever the champion is, I want to care that they are champion, whether they're a heel, whether they're a babyface. I don't care. I just want to actually give a damn about the story, the title, the champion, and everything surrounding that person. And I feel like it kind of started to feel like they were getting things back on track for Austin Theory after that horrible, horrible cash-in that they did. It kind of felt like, okay, you know what? Maybe there, maybe there's something there. Maybe they're, they're, they've got an idea here. And then it just was washed away. And now I personally feel that I'm more so interested in Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller to me is one of the guys that I'm very interested in seeing um, someday become U.S. title, U.S. champion. He really is. Um, I know some people are like, Grayson Waller, we hate him. He's doing his job. He's making you feel a certain way. Um, and he's been getting the rub. We've talked about this a whole lot in the past. He's been getting the rub from a bunch of people, uh, even though he's out there giving the Grayson Waller effect rub, apparently. But um. Yeah, and so that sucks. I feel like right now, you know, there's just a lot more other options of, you know, potential U.S. champions. When it comes to, you can't even compare the U.S. title right now to the Intercontinental title. Like, they're to me, they're supposed to feel like somewhat on an even playing field since they're, you know, on opposite brands. But it just does not feel that way at all. So I do hope that they can uh, come up with something. If they keep the title on Austin Theory, they need to come up with something really good to spice things up again for Theory. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for the super chat. I appreciate you um, a whole lot. Thank you so much to Sheldon. Um, all right. So, okay, we got a lot of people agreed here in terms of we got Shlomo Shilliams who says Grayson Waller is indeed good. Yeah, I really like Grayson. Uh, <laughs> we got Blue Torch who says Grayson has to go away heat for me. It happens. It happens, especially with that type of character. With that type of character, it's like the, 
you know, it's going to be like a fine line. There's going to be people that are like, oh, I love it. He's such a dick. Right. And then there's going to be people, be people that are like blue torch that are like, oh, so over this. So it's going to depend on you and how you feel about it. But I like Grayson Waller and I'm excited to see what else they do with him. And again, he's getting the rub from people. Um, all right. We got a video package between uh, multiple video packages, actually, for Charlotte, Oscar and Bianca. Bianca's was pretty cool. Hers was mainly just kind of like an interview type promoting her. Uh, Oscar's was her training and preparing. That was cool, too. And Charlotte's. Charlotte's felt very different. I loved Charlotte. Charlotte's was the one that most stood out to me because hers was, you know, she's laying in her bikini. I think she's on a boat or something. And she's talking about how she loves the finer things in life. And if you've ever, if you follow Charlotte Flair on Instagram, oh, you know she loves the finer things in life. Like her, she is high quality, top tier, luxurious all the damn way and you see that and i love that they brought this out that they told this in her uh, little video package Ooh, i liked this but as we mentioned earlier the story here is all between charlotte and bianca and oscar is unfortunately like heidi ho says the side piece in this which is unfortunate but what can you do um all right so um I'll probably just save the predictions for last. Let's get into the Grayson Waller effect because this was really a whole lot of fun. So for the Grayson Waller effect, we had, this was my favorite segment on the whole show, guys. Like to me, this was the best part of SmackDown. And it was Grayson Waller coming out there to do the Grayson Waller effect. And he brings out his two guests. It's EO Sky and Bailey. You know what's fun? Actually, this is really messed up. But when he was announcing his two guests, I was like, is he really just going to bring out Bianca and Charlotte? Like, what's going to happen here? Don't tell me they're not going to bring out Asuka. Like, what are they doing here? But then when he said EO Sky and Bailey, I was like, okay, got it. Got it. I see what we're doing here. I see what we're doing here. But anyways, so they teased, you know, some, again, some more dissension between uh, EO and Bailey because Grayson Waller asked EO, like, hey, can we expect you to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase uh, following the women's match? And before she can even answer, Bailey takes over and she just starts answering the question herself. And she's like, no. And even if we were, we wouldn't tell you what our plan is. And then the whole time, Eosky's got this like puppy face, sad look. She's sad looking. She's just like, hmm. she's so sad because she couldn't talk. <laughs> Freaking Bailey, man. Bailey did not give a damn. There were some more funny Bailey moments too, because then um, there's like an audio that starts to play and the audio is of Shotzi laughing and so Bailey gets like all scared she gets up she puts her shades on and that part kills me I'm like Bailey why are you putting your shades on she knows who you are your shades are not gonna do anything and so that was like the comedy of it all the fact that she put on her shades so that she wouldn't be recognized by Shotzi whatsoever and then Grayson starts trolling her and he's like ha, I did that I knew you were gonna be afraid why are you so afraid of Shotzi and he's kind of like teasing her and, it, and I really liked it because it kind of felt like uh like a big brother who's always teasing you, right? That's literally what it felt like with Grayson teasing, uh, with Grayson te teasing Bailey about uh, her being afraid of Shotzi. So that was really good. But then afterwards, um, they continue the interview, but then really quickly we hear Shotzi's theme music and we see a woman coming out in the tank. And so everybody's thinking it's Shotzi. But then 
it's not. <laughs> but then Shotzi ends up coming from behind. And there was a portion where Grayson was trying to warn Bailey, but he's not able to do so. And by the time Bailey turns around, we see Shotzi. Now, we haven't actually physically seen her since she shaved off her hair. And so she comes out and she looks mother effing bad ass. So she's got, you know, the, you know, she's got the new do. Uh, and she's, you know, obviously already full of tattoos and you should, the gear and everything. She just looked really freaking cool. Like I would not mess with her. I would not be messing with Shotzi. And I kind of, you know, it's crazy because this is the thing about Shotzi, her green hair and the whole look that she's been sporting since NXT and previous and prior to her pre WWE days has been that green hair look. And it's been so unique even since then that I kind of was afraid that like, you know, just Kate, like character speaking, that she would not stand out as much. Now I feel like she kind of stands out even more. Like, I love the look. I even kind of feel like I like it more than the green hair look because I look at her and if this was my first time tuning into SmackDown and I wasn't a fan and I just tuned in, I'd be like, who's that? That would be my question. If I was a casual, I would be like, who is that? I want to know who that is. And that's the person that I'm afraid of on this show. And so Shotzi... Coming out with this new look, look phenomenal. And then afterwards, she uh, she brings out the clippers and she starts going after Bailey and is chasing her. And she's this mad woman and she's laughing and she's trying to uh, get revenge on Bailey by taking her hair off. Bailey runs out uh, as fast as she can. And then um, during this, it's then revealed that Zelina was actually the one that was in the tank. So she was part of helping trick Bailey. And she goes in, has this match with Ia Sky. And ba uh, with the help of Shotzi, Zelina ends up getting this win. She ends up getting a win over Io Sky. Um, that was actually pretty interesting. She hit her with the code red and gets the win. I was not expecting that. And I actually kind of really loved it because I wasn't expecting it whatsoever because they have... Put Zelina in the spot where you're almost always expecting her to lose. So whenever she gets this win, you're like, wait, what? They gave her a win? Holy smokes. Um, so anyways, I actually really like this a whole lot. But damn, this is exactly what Shotzi needed, guys. This is exactly what Shotzi needed because there was just, they weren't doing anything with her. She was just Shotzi and she was just there. And so now it feels like there's a real story here. And the interactions that she's having with Bailey are really good. And Bailey's doing a really great job of selling this feud, man. And if I trust anybody with anybody, it's Bailey because she's literally the best when it comes to this storytelling stuff, man. She's really good. Anyways, so let's get into these uh, SummerSlam. Uh, <laughs> AU says, you ever, would you ever shave your head off, Denise? Can you imagine a bald cabbage patch kid? Literally picture a bald cabbage patch kid. That, my friends, is what I would look like if I shaved my hair bald, okay? Some women can rock it. I cannot. I am not one of those women that can rock it, okay? I cannot pull off the look, all right? I got the cabbage patch face, okay? Got a cabbage patch face. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Uh, Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, am I the only one who questions this Zelina win? Shouldn't EO look strong going into SummerSlam as a threat to cash in? You're right. I thought it too. It crossed my mind. I'm not even lying to you. It crossed my mind. Um, and I think because again, I was so shocked that Zelina won. I was, I kind of didn't even care. I was like, okay, fine. Fine. She won. Cool. You're surprising me. I And I think it was more so also just to help 
further along, basically like with Shotzi being the one to do this to Bailey, I feel like EO had to take the loss by default because she's Bailey's friend. That's kind of the way that I saw it. But yeah, you're right. Of course, you would build momentum for the person with the money in the bank briefcase. That's why I was so shocked. But I, I do agree with you, Brandon. I can I definitely see your argument. Uh, thank you so much to Brandon. I appreciate the super chat. Oh, man. Fernando says you look nothing like a Cabbage Patch Kid. It's an illusion, guys. It's an illusion. What you're seeing right now, it's an illusion. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we got to get into these uh, SummerSlam predictions. But really quickly, I want to make sure that I did not miss uh, anybody's super chats um, because I really feel bad when they come in late and I miss them or if I just miss them in general. So I think I got everybody's. Cool. All right. So let me go ahead and get into the SummerSlam predictions. Here we go. We got the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. I already said Allie Knight. Not going to repeat what everything I said. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I want it to be Shayna, guys. I want it to be Shayna, but I think it's going to be Ronda. So my official pick, no. You know what? No. I'm sticking with Shayna. I'm sticking with Shayna, guys, because if Ronda Rousey is going to be leaving WWE, because this is clearly why they were rushing this whole thing, it means that her stint is pretty much almost coming to an end. I don't know when, but that's what I'm expecting. I feel like she would want her friend, Shayna, to have, I, would, I feel like she would want to leave Shayna with a high note, right? Like Shayna defeating Ronda Rousey in this MMA rules match, I think would make such a big impact for Shayna and be like such a big thing. And if Ronda's leaving, I feel like that's what she can definitely do for Shayna. But um, so yeah, I'm sticking with Shayna Baszler, guys. She's my prediction. I'm sticking with Shayna. Um, we got the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. We got Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. I love Drew McIntyre. Everybody loves Drew McIntyre. If you hate Drew McIntyre, I don't get it. But the point is, I want Gunther to win. If Gunther doesn't win, I'm going to be pissed because I do not want Gunther to stop being intercontinental champion. We were talking about how the U.S. title doesn't really feel like it means anything. And we were talking about that with the intercontinental title for a really good period of time a while back. And it started to mean something again once Gunther got the championship. And to me, I'm sorry, I just don't want to see Gunther lose the title. So I'm sticking with Gunther all the way. Ricochet versus Logan Paul. Um, this one they're promoting as this viral match, this match that's going to be having all these viral moments. So I'm expecting literally every single move to be directed at TikTok. Like this is the TikTok match. This is the match that I'm just like imagining the WWE social media team being like, I'm ready. Here we go. We're going to post these shorts up. Bam. Get them on TikTok. Bam. Like this is going to be their viral match. Who should win this match, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care who wins this match because neither man has made me go, damn, I care about you in this story or damn, I care about you in that story. Their promos have not done that for me. I have not swayed any direction. But with that being said, I feel like, okay, here's the thing. Logan Paul has... Faced Roman Reigns at, you know, on, what was it? I'm blanking right now. But anyways, 
Logan Paul, Roman Reigns. That's huge, okay? Ricochet's history in WWE hasn't necessarily been... Like, Logan Paul has had bigger, more grander moments, okay? So because of that, I feel like I'm leaning more towards Logan Paul. But then again, it's like Logan Paul is not there all the time. Ricochet is. And Ricochet... He needs a win like this. Are you kidding me? He needs this. So, Fridge. I don't know who to go for here. I'm going to go with... Oh, man. I'm, I'm stuck here. Crap. Who am I going to go with? Fridge. Oh, crap. All right. I feel... You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Ricochet. I'm going to go with Ricochet here. Nope, I take it back. I'm not going for Ricochet. I'm going for Logan Paul. I think Logan Paul is winning this one. I don't know why. I don't know why, guys. I The reason why, you know what? Yes, I do know the reason why. I'm going with Logan. <laughs> I'm guessing it's going to be Logan Paul for the reason that WWE wants to keep him as this big attraction, right? Like anytime Logan Paul comes in, it's like, oh my God, we got this influencer and he's a big deal and this and that. And that's how they sell him. So because of that, I feel like they want to keep that alive. And so I feel they care more about that than giving Ricochet this big win and therefore a push. So I'm getting into their brain. And so for that reason, I'm going with Logan Paul. All right. I want to be right on these predictions. Man, I'm really struggling here, guys, with making this prediction for this match. But I'm sticking with Logan Paul. There it is. All right. Um, we got a super chat here from Stephen Martrulli who says Bianca wins. Uh, EO Sky cashes in. Uh, Bianca starts the road to Bianca being a heel. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know on this one because, again, Bianca doesn't want to be a heel. She doesn't want to be a heel. I don't know if she's actually going to be. Maybe, maybe not. All right. So. Grande Hero says if Ricochet wins, Denise has to shave her head. No, thanks. I would only shave my head off or my hair off if like someone said, Denise, you will 1000% get a chance to meet Taylor Swift, but you got to shave your hair. I would be like, bam, I'm ready. Let's go. I want to meet Taylor. That would probably be the only thing that I would do. Either that or you'd have to pay me like a million bucks. But anyways, moving on from that. All right, next prediction. All right, so official prediction was Logan Paul. God, I'm going to be so pissed if I'm wrong. All right, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. I already said it. Roman Reigns in the tribal combat match. He's my pick, Roman. Uh, Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. <laughs> For the women's championship. Um. All right, I still feel like they can do something with Asuka and Io. We know Charlotte and Bianca's feud is going to continue. To me, the payoff in all of this would be to see, for example, Bianca Belair defeat Charlotte Flair. I think that would be awesome. That would be huge. I'm going to go ahead. And I think Asuka retains. Something's telling me Asuka's retaining in this. I'm probably so completely wrong here, but I'm going to go with Asuka retaining. I feel like... I, I'm predicting too many um, obvious options, I think, for some of the other matches. So for that reason, I think Oscar retains. I do think we'll see a cash-in from EO Sky. Um, and I don't know how that will go. 
or maybe they want us to think there's going to be a cash in and then there's not going to be a cash in. <laughs> Everyone's saying Charlotte wins it. That was my other one. Like if Oscar's not winning, I see it being Charlotte. I don't see it being Bianca Belair for this match. I don't see it being Bianca at all. I think, I think Oscar's retaining. I'm sticking with that one. Asuka's retaining. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Uh, sticking with Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Now, I don't know if we're going to see a cash-in with Damian Priest. That's another one. That's a possibility, too. Who knows? Um, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Definitely going with Cody here. I think it would suck if he doesn't win this third match against Brock Lesnar. I think that would really suck for Cody. And come on now. Give the man some give the man some good moments. Give the man some good wins here. So I'm definitely going with Cody uh, on this one here. So there you go. Um, that's the official, the official actual predictions there. God, you went, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I struggled this time. Usually, for the most part, with my predictions, I'm very confident with who I pick and why I pick them. I actually really liked that for this card. I did not feel confident about my picks because I want to feel that way. I want to feel like it could go any direction. So I do actually like that. I struggled a bit with this one. Uh, thank you. Thank you for making me second guess myself. Um, all right. Those are the official SummerSlam predictions. Thank you so much to Metalhead for life for sending in this super sticker. Um, I appreciate you a whole lot for sending this in. Uh, before we wrap things up, guys, uh, tomorrow I will be here doing a SummerSlam watch along uh for those of you who haven't been part of the SummerSlam watch alongs or any of the watch alongs are so much fun it's literally just coming on here and hanging out and chilling uh a lot of people tend to have a good time at least from the comments that people have told me so please come on in for the SummerSlam uh watch along it'll be a great time tomorrow I'm also going to be um this weekend actually I'm going to be doing two busted open shows I'll be live Saturdays like I normally am and then Sunday I'm going to be also doing an additional show on busted open I'm going to be coming on and talking about SummerSlam and the aftermath of SummerSlam so for those of you who, who uh check out the busted open shows. Uh, that's going to be a bonus show for this week. So uh, there's going to be a lot of work uh, going into this whole entire weekend. Uh, Metalhead for life. Thank you so much for sending in another uh, super sticker. I appreciate you a whole lot. And you've been sending in a lot of these. So um, your generosity has not gone, gone unnoticed. Um, okay. So um, also another thing that I want to do is talking about generosity usually i do this on the tuesday show but i've decided because we got so many that i would do it for the friday show so i have let you guys know that uh, my podcast is available on apple and on spotify now too i'm trying to get my podcast to rank a lot higher so that more people can find it and listen to it and i'm so excited because my podcast is slowly going up the ranks guys on those apple podcast charts um i have been jumping the spots i'm going up and up and up. I think the last time I checked, I was at number 47 on the top 100 US wrestling podcast. Uh, I know some people are like 47. That's really lame, Denise. But Fridge, for me, it's not lame. Uh, it's actually really freaking cool. But a lot of that has to do with your reviews and the things that you guys are saying. And I've been asking for people to uh, leave reviews if you have checked out any of my podcasts in the past to please Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. My goal is to get to 100 um, by the end of the year. And I cannot believe how many we've gotten recently. Like this is the most we've ever gotten. Um, I'm now up to 45 podcast ratings. Um, 
this is huge. I was stuck at like 30 for the longest time. So I'm really happy. And I want to read some of the reviews that we got. I haven't read any of them until right now. So this is going to be my first time reading these. Um, this is the first one here from Nature Boy 5 who says, been listening to Denise almost two years. Very energetic, fun, gives great insight into the show. We just watch, listens to the fans in the chat. Nature Boy 5, I want to thank you so much for this awesome rating. Uh, I appreciate you a whole lot for taking the time to uh, write out your words and what you think. Um, this one here is from Mr. Black. Mr. Black says, five out of five. It's the go-to wrestling podcast. One of the best podcast review recap shows out there right now. Funny, informative, always entertaining, and occasionally charming. No one does it better than Denise Salcedo, which makes Instant Culture a must-listen-to must podcast for any and all wrestling fans. Uh, Mr. Black, thank you so much for this. I'm so happy that you find this podcast both funny and informative. I appreciate that a whole lot because that's what I aim to do. Um, we have another one here from Cheese SRQ who says... <laughs> spunky and knowledgeable thank you spunky is like my favorite word so thank you uh says i've been following her youtube page for a while now adding her podcast to my apple pod app is even easier for me she knows her wrestling does good interviews and is such a spunky spark plug of a podcaster her pods are very entertaining five stars all day cheese srq thank you so much calling me a spunky spark plug literally made my day um, so thank you so much um, to Cheese SRQ. I'm so glad I'm reading these for the first time on here. Um, this is from Unknown Mamba who says, phenomenal, phenomenal. I love Denise. It's very... I love that Denise is funny in each episode. I love watching her review show. Absolutely doing a phenomenal job, Denise. Rock on. Uh, Unknown Mamba, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for this five-star review. Uh, rock on yourself. Steve. 1746 sends in a super chat saying Denise Hollywood Salcedo. Her podcasts are fun and insightful. Uh, she is authentic and real and must listen for wrestling fans. Thank you so much, Steve. And we got one more here. Um, this one is from OB Dizzle Leo. No, OB Diz Leo. OB Diz Leo says, um, I've been listening to Denise's Speak Now Pro Wrestling for about two and a half years. Um, I watch her live on YouTube when I can, but I always catch on episodes I missed on Apple. She is aptly nicknamed the hardest working woman in all of sports entertainment. Uh, Denise's YouTube channel, Speak Now, is one of the few channels I subscribe to on YouTube. I feel like I know her by how much she connects with her listeners. Denise is an inspiration. I'm so glad I stumbled across her podcast. Much love, Denise. Damn. This is so freaking awesome. Thank you so much for writing all of these nice things. Um, it really means a lot to me that I haven't lost you in two and a half years. So thank you so much for that really awesome review. Um, again, guys, if you leave any reviews, I do read them here um, on the streams throughout the week. Metalhead for Life also send in another super sticker. So thank you so much to Metalhead for Life. And Metalhead for Life, holy smokes, just became a brand new YouTube member here. Um, welcome to the DWO. Um, you get lots of bonus content. You can check that out here on the YouTube members only section. You will see all of the videos that I have up exclusive for YouTube members. Tiger Claw Gaming, who is a YouTube member, says Spunky Spark Plug put it on a shirt. 
<laughs> a spunky spark. I can't even say it, guys. I can't even speak right now. I've been I've been a mess, man. I've been singing Taylor Swift lyrics since yesterday. I already forgot how to speak wrestling, um, but I'm back and we got a big wrestling week this week. So anyways, thank you guys so much for all of it and all the support and everything. Thank you guys for being here. I will be back tomorrow for the SummerSlam watch along and I will see you guys later. Have an awesome week, everybody. Bye.